spending time with her husband, friends, family, including her 12 grandchildren. In her spare time, she connects and celebrates with the women involved in motorsports, taking you behind the wall about their journey of life, racing, and how they juggle everything to make it all work. Welcome to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Strap in, window nets up, the pedals are down, and when the green flag drops, we go. This is Melinda Russell with Racing Girls Rock podcast, sponsored by the International Women's Motorsports Association. And I am so excited to talk tonight to my special guest. Her name is Colby Garrison, and I heard Colby on a podcast, on the Blind Spotting podcast. And I was so intrigued by her, by her, the joy in her voice when she talked about motorsports and just her story. And so I invited her to be on the podcast with us here. She's joining me tonight. And so Colby, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. So Colby, why don't we start with you telling our listeners a little bit about yourself, whatever you're comfortable with. So tell us who is Colby Garrison? <laughs> well, I I am, as you said, Colby Garrison. I live in Greensboro, North Carolina, and I am 32, and I have actually been totally blind since birth, so I um, experience the world a little bit differently than most, but also at the same time feel that I have a very uh, unique perspective, and I um, currently, I'm working for the American Council of the Blind. We are a national advocacy organization for people who are blind or visually impaired. And I started that job in April of this year. And I'm just so blessed and so grateful to be able to do what I do um, for that organization. I wear many hats and um, do a lot of event scheduling and outreach and interacting with people. And uh, I tell everyone my nutshell kind of job description is I get to, you know, interact with my fellow peers on a daily basis who are blind or visually impaired. But I also get to tell and show the the sighted world at large um, how, you know, blindness does not have to define who you are as a person. Um, it certainly impacts and influences my life on a day-to-day -day basis and sometimes you know can be frustrating as all challenges are but I do not let my blindness define who I am I feel it's a characteristic um, so it's a part of of who I am but it is certainly not all of who I am um, but I do have a guide dog her name is River she is a female golden retriever and I received her in December December of this past year, so literally during the heart of the pandemic, <laughs> um, and we have been together now almost nine months, and she, River has not uh, been to a NASCAR race yet. That will be happening for us in October, but I told the guide dog school that I needed a dog who could handle bluegrass because I sing and sing with a bluegrass band and just love bluegrass festivals and concerts. Um, hockey, because I'm also into hockey, and NASCAR. And um, that NASCAR 
aspect is a big one for me. I love going to races when I can. And uh, River will have earmuffs that she will wear to protect her ears whenever cars are on track. And uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes in, uh, in October. We're planning on going to Martinsville. So I'm very excited for River's first NASCAR race. So have you been to Martinsville before? Yes, I have. Okay. I have. All right. It's just River's first time there. Yes, just River's first time. So where <laughs> else have you been to the NASCAR races? <laughs> I have been to Charlotte. Um, I had the a dream come true in 2013 when I won the Super uh, Speedway Superstar contest and got to sing the national anthem for what was then the nationwide series History Channel 300. It was Saturday of Memorial Day weekend, uh, right before the Coke 600, and um, got to got to go and sing the national anthem. And I had a different dog with me at the time. Um, River is actually guide dog number four for me, uh, but I had my second dog with me at the time for that uh, that huge, huge um, honor. And uh, so, yeah, it was an amazing, amazing experience. And I've been back to Charlotte a couple times um, since winning that contest just for races randomly. And just, I love, you know, love Charlotte, absolutely love Martinsville. And uh, it's on my bucket list, hopefully at some point in my lifetime to experience all of the NASCAR sanctioned tracks. Well, that's my bucket list too. I I want <laughs> I want to have been be able to check off all those tracks, and I've checked off a few, um, but I still have you know quite a number to go. So over the next few years, I'm hoping that I can check all those off. So maybe we'll be there at the same time. You never know. That would be amazing. I would yes. love that. That would be fun. So tell me how. How did you get started? Let's start with NASCAR. How did you get started enjoying NASCAR? Well, I, as a child growing up, I really very vaguely remember it being on the radio. If we were in the, if I was in the car with my grandparents on my dad's side, or if we were at the lake and had somebody, you know, at, on the boat who was a NASCAR fan at the time, I remember it being on the radio um, occasionally, and and I I didn't really start following it very avidly until 2011, um, but I did listen on the radio, you know, occasionally when I could growing up. Um, definitely was listening um, when you know Earnhardt Senior was killed tragically in 2001. Um, very vividly remember that, you know, that that race and and. Um, all of the motor racing network commentators reactions and descriptions of everything that was occurring. Um, and I got Sirius XM satellite radio in 2011 because I just wasn't able to get a terrestrial radio station here in the Greensboro area to pick it up consistently or without static. And so I said, you know, I'd really like to start listening to all the races and just start following the sport and I did um through Sirius XM NASCAR radio and um now I mean it's one of my favorite channels it's probably the the channel that my radio stays on the most um and uh except for you know a little bit during the off season but um I just 
the radio is how I access the sport. Um, and now I do access it more with Twitter and Facebook and social media. Um, and I will watch on television occasionally, but I always go back to the radio. Um, if I'm, you know, downstairs with my parents and I, they happen to be, you know, have turned it on on TV for just a split second um, to see what's going on, then, you know, I'll say, okay, they're not telling me what's happening, what's happening. Um, or if I'm upstairs and a race is on and, you know, it's on, I have it up here on the radio and I am, you know, suddenly screaming because something happened or someone wrecked or what have you, they'll go, oh, let's turn it on on the TV and see what, you know, what's Colby screaming about upstairs. Mm -hmm. um, so the radio is honestly, um, it's my, my biggest access to the sport and it's how I, I follow the sport. Um, like I said, I'm a, a daily listener to the um, NASCAR channel on Sirius XM. So uh, I, I just, I cannot express my appreciation enough for the commentators and how they paint the picture of NASCAR, if you will, um, in that different medium that allows me to experience it using words and concepts and um, you know, my, my times at the track have certainly helped to put some things into perspective that I just either wasn't aware of or didn't know how things worked prior to, um, but the, the radio is, is, I mean, it's my window to the sport, if you will. Um, and so I very much appreciate, um, everyone at MRN and PRN and mm -hmm. Sirius XM because they are, they are how, I follow the sport and I, I cannot say enough. Um, I'm sure I'll sound like a broken record by the end of this show. No, you're but, fine. <laughs> so you know but, what? I, yeah. I too have serious radio. And when my husband's not in the car and even sometimes when he <laughs> is in the car, I make him listen, but I listen to it a lot <laughs> as well. Yes. Um, it's one of my favorite stations in addition to the highway, which is the country music. Yes! That's my other favorite. <laughs> yeah. So I switch back and forth between those two. Now, yes. so Colby, you said when you went to the race, you learned some things that you hadn't realized listening to it on the radio. What, what were some of the things that you learned about that you, that you weren't aware of? Oh my goodness. Um, I have quite a list. So the first thing I remember noticing when I went to Charlotte to sing the national anthem, uh, we got out of the car and just how loud and it was just practice at this point. I mean, you know, so there, it wasn't a constant roar you know, nothing like when the race starts, but just how loud, I mean, we weren't even in the track yet and I could hear the cars. And then the first thing I really noticed once I was inside the facility was that the cars were going counterclockwise and not being able to see it and not watching it on TV. It was something that had never really, I mean, I knew they went around the track, you know, kind of in a, a circle or an oval shape, depending on the, the track itself, but it never occurred to me that, you know, they were going counterclockwise and that was just kind of a light bulb moment. It's one of the first things I remember noticing and it was like, Oh, they're going counterclockwise. Okay. That's cool. Um, you know, it was a light. So let me stop you for a second. How <laughs> did, how did you know they were going counterclockwise? Did somebody, I could hear, you could just hear, hear the direction they were moving. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, and so, um, let's see some other things I, I have a, a very, very, very dear friend, um, Jamie Bishop, who is the gas man for the number 75 truck team with uh, Parker Clareman and all of the uh, Henderson Motorsports crew. And he took me, I'm, I'm very good friends with one of his nieces. And so for one of my Christmas presents in 2014, she said, or 2013, she said, I'm going to take you to a race with my uncle in you know 2014 and we went to the Martinsville race in March of that year and that was my you know second um, track but that experience for me was so eye-opening pardon the pun and just gave me so much more insight into the sounds the smells the texture the atmosphere of nascar the truck race got rained out that day and while we were waiting out the rain delay i got to be in the garage and walk through the garage and just listen to the sounds that were going on and uh, meet several drivers and i i recognized them by their voices and you know got to say hello and how are you and i'm a really big you know nascar fan i don't have a favorite driver i don't have a favorite manufacturer um I just love how the sport as a whole is so very complex. And if you've never been to the racetrack, it, that complexity may not make as much sense to you. But if you've been to the racetrack, there's absolutely nothing like it. And even for someone like myself who can't see, I, I get just as much out of being at the track, if not more, than someone who can see just because I'm paying attention to everything you know except what's going on visually um i remember you know being in the garage and just hearing as they're working on the cars and all the different tools that you know were clattering around and all those different noises and pitches and tones and um just being fascinated by the cacophony of noise that was going on around me and just how almost chaotic at times it it, it is even during a rain delay um, the Really cool thing was, um, I, of course, again, am a fan of Sirius XM NASCAR radio. And so um, I happened to, I had met Claire B. Lang prior to uh, Martinsville at, at Charlotte when I got to sing and I got to tell her how much I appreciate her commentary and everything she does and how she, you know, literally makes me feel like I'm there at the racetrack on her shows. And so she recognized me and said hello. And we went in the media center at one point to take, you know, shelter because we had hot passes and it was kind of, you know, dead in that area. But I got to sit outside of her studio and listen as she was doing a, you know, rain delay, dialed in rain delay coverage. And all of these, you know, guests were coming up and I recognized them by their voices. And it was just a really, really cool experience to just sit there and kind of be in that moment um, and, you know, taking in everything that's occurring. Um, and, you know, I, I certainly don't, in, in those instances, did not have to see to know exactly what was going on. Um, I remember my friend Katie was sitting with me and she's, I was like, oh, there's, you know, Ward Burton and there's, um, 
you know, Ross Chastain and, and Austin Dillon. And, and I just, I could, you know, I, I knew the voices and she's like, I'm glad you know who's here. Cause I sure as heck don't. <laughs> so um, it was very, it was just a very neat experience. And I've been back to Martinsville several, several times um, since then. And I, I did not know what the pit box was. I'd heard the term, but I didn't know what it, I didn't know that it is literally a very large, massive, you know, box that is very high off the ground that you have to climb a ladder to get on to it. And, um, you know, all of the, the seats that are up there for officials and um, guests and the team and all of that. Um, I, you know, I, I just, I, once I experienced it and got to kind of explore it, it made way more sense um, to me. And I remember um, Jamie handed me a a wrench or a wedge and he said, you know, this is how they make a wedge adjustment and showed me how it would turn and, you know, which way would, which way to adjust and, you know, to loosen or tighten. Um, I got to see how big the NASCAR tires are and, um, you know, how, heavy they are and how they're just in these big stacks um and the smell of the glue that the lug nuts are glued on with it reminds me of like a very ether kind of smell has a very Mm -hmm. um sharp uh very not pungent but very sharp distinct uh scent to it and um I've always for some reason, just been fascinated with the sound that an air wrench makes and had no idea until someone literally was showing me how it worked, how fast it is moving. Um, Cause you know, all I associated it with, it with was just that that you hear when they're changing the tires, but I had no clue how fast it, it, you know, they have to to go to hit all five of those lug nuts. And now I love it because when I'm listening to races and I'm hearing pit stops, I'm like, oh, they missed a lug nut. Oh, they didn't get that one as tight. And I can tell that just by the sound of the air wrench. And um, I remember when, you know, they came out with this standardized air wrench uh, a few years ago that one of the first things I noticed at Daytona when I was listening was how different the air wrenches sounded. And I texted, um, I'm very good friends with Daniel Norwood from Sirius XM NASCAR radio. He's there, uh, you know, the head guy there. And, uh, I texted him and I said, cause I, I had asked him, do you think the air wrenches will sound different? Cause they're standardized this time. And he said, I don't know. That's something I've never thought about. Why don't you text me and tell me if you notice a difference? And so I did. And I texted him and I said, yep they are way lower in pitch. And, um, you know, I'm sure that's because they're not moving as fast as they once were. So uh, just things like that, that I, I just pick up on and it may seem strange to other people, but it's just, it's my world. It's how I experienced the sport. And I, I just, I, you know, had to, I texted him and he was like, the way you experience our sport is so fascinating Mm -hmm. (laughs) just kind of I laugh because you know for me it's just normal um but I think for people who you know when you have your sight and you use that sense predominantly all the time um you know there might be things that I pick up on that um, people who can see do not and there's certainly a lot of things that 
people who can see, you know, have the advantage of seeing that I sometimes don't, but I just, I, you know, but for, with the radio commentators from um, MRN and PRN and everyone on Sirius XM, um, I feel like I'm on an equal playing field and sometimes may understand a little bit more about the sport just because I do listen so much and I pay attention. Um, one of the highlights for me at Martinsville during that, that 2014 cup race um, when the truck race got uh, rained out was getting to meet everyone at MRN. I got to go in the MRN truck and, you know, it was, I mean, pouring and we are soaking wet and they, you know, invited us in and I got to tell, you know, Barney Hall and Joe Moore and Dave Moody and Winston Kelly and Alex Hayden and everyone, how much I appreciate them and how, you know, they are literally how I access the sport and, and that I know their jobs are difficult sometimes. And I know that those days are very long at racetracks, but just to thank them for always being there and always, you know, making it so that I know exactly what's going on on the racetrack at any given time. And I never miss a race if I can help it. Um, I listen, you know, constantly. I, uh, if I'm out and I can't be at home listening, I have it on my phone going. <laughs> um, but just to, to stand in that trip, in the MRN trailer, and be able to tell all of them how much I appreciate what they do is definitely one of those moments I will always remember. And I got an email uh, from Mr. Striegel, from Jeff Striegel a few mm -hmm. days later, and he said, you have no idea how much you impacted us mm -hmm. by just sharing your story and, you know, letting us into your world. And um, I'm very good friends now with all of them and um, I'm just so blessed to be able to call all of them friends. They are, they just, they mean the world to me. They are the nicest people you will ever meet. And I, you know, they, they met my third guide dog. Um, she was a collie, her name was Amelia and she went to several races with me. And one of her treats, because you're asking, a, a very well-trained dog, but you're asking a dog to be in a very novel environment for an extended period of time. And so one of Amelia's treats when we went to the racetrack became, okay, let's go see MRN. And she knew that meant, you know, she was going to be able to get out of harness and, you know, say hello to everyone and just, you know, jump around and be crazy for a few minutes. Um, as long as she would go back to work without any problems. And uh, when she passed away in 2019, very suddenly and very unexpectedly, I got a handwritten card from and signed by everyone at MRN expressing, oh. you know, their, their sadness at the loss of Amelia. And that was just so touching. And they, you know, of course, all said, you know, okay, did you tell the guide dog school your next dog has to like NASCAR? And I said, oh yeah, I did. <laughs> so, um, you know, Colby, I, I've been taking some notes while you've been talking. <laughs> and um, the thing that resonates with me, first of all, is that more people need to hear what, and I hope they do hear what you're saying, because we take so many things for granted. And you know, when you go, when as a person who can see, 
you and and NASCAR is so bright, bright colors. You know, it's fast. All these things. Sometimes you forget about everything else that's going on, and and you know, the smell of the glue and the sound of the air ranch, and and you know, um, and and listening to Claire do her, you know, her interviews. It just it just opens up in my head, especially things that I have taken for granted that I haven't paid as much attention to as I will now after talking <laughs> to you, because it, that's just so cool. And you know, Jeff Striegel is from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yes. That's only about 45 minutes from me. And I've met him as well. He's, I, I've met him a few times and he actually is the um, he runs the track at Berlin, Michigan, which yes. is where Eric Jones um, grew up racing. Oh my gosh, uh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and so I um, I know Jeff, and he's he's a great guy. They all are. They all are. But yes. when you were talking about being in the hauler or the trailer with them and talking with them, I and, and I know you couldn't see their faces, but I'm guessing there wasn't a dry eye in the place. because because, you know they do have a hard job and especially if there's a delay and they have to try to fill it or whatever they're doing and and you know describing a race on the radio is so much different than let's say a tv broadcaster and not to take anything away from those guys that's a hard job as well but but being able to say the right words and the right descriptions for people who are listening, because when I can't be home to watch, I listen to it as well on the radio. And so, you know, there's times I want to know, well, how many laps are left or something? And they're not telling me, you know, but, yeah. um, but they, you know, they, they do have a hard job and I, I just can't even imagine how wonderful you made those men feel to know that they're they're not taken for granted and that there are people out there, I'm sure other than you, who feel that way, who don't get the opportunity to talk to them. Yes. So you were kind of the spokesperson <laughs> um, for all those people, Colby, you know, that, that haven't had a chance to say that. And I'm so glad that you did that. I just, next time I see Jeff, I'm gonna ask him about it because- oh. I think that I think that's pretty cool that you did that so I was just so grateful you know just to have the opportunity to meet them I mean I never imagined you know that I would be friends with all of them today and and again I'm just so blessed and so thankful uh, to to be able to call them friends and um, you know I, I just I want them to know and I always tell them if it's you know in a tweet on Twitter or a message on Facebook or a text message or whatever that you know, please do not forget that you are very, just so sincerely appreciated and, you know, that, that you are not, you're not taken for granted and that there are, I know, you know, way more people um, than myself who rely on their coverage and Mm -hmm. who, you know, would not have as rich of an experience without it. Right. Right. Absolutely. For sure. So, um, now, you know, besides, so I'm going to ask you this, what's your very most favorite thing about NASCAR? I can't pick just one thing. I think my, my favorite thing is honestly how 
complex this board is and how you can't have one part without the other and just how all of those parts come together to make this board as a whole. Um, I think that everyone from, you know, the people who drive the haulers with the cars from racetrack to racetrack, the pit crew, um, you know, the fabricators at the shop, everyone who is working, the officials, um, just the PR people for the drivers, the spotters, um, everyone plays an integral role and plays a significant role. And sometimes I think all people kind of think about are, you know, the drivers, but there yeah. are so many other people that play a role. And in my opinion, every role that is played and, and every, um, you know, aspect that, that a person is doing to make NASCAR what it is, is vitally important and should not go um, unnoticed and, or be underappreciated. I, I totally agree. So, you know, that's one of the things I do a digital magazine as well as the podcast. And I do interview a lot of drivers, um, you know, but I also interview a lot of people who aren't drivers. And <laughs> like you said, it takes everybody It you know, for little kids starting out, it takes the mom and the dad and the parents and, and for, you know, my granddaughter's race, it takes their dad, you know, in the pits with them, they have a crew that helps. Um, it takes a lot of people and, and the driver sometimes gets the glory, but he also, you know, catches it when, when things aren't going well, but that's um, true. But, you know, and, and I, I kind of wonder sometimes. So when those crew chiefs get fined because there's something wrong on the car, I sometimes think, well, that's not really fair because they didn't put that on the car, you know, this and right. that. And so, um, yeah, but I just, I so agree with you that it's such a team sport. I mean, you know, football, baseball, basketball, those are team sports. But when you look at the number of people in a, on a NASCAR team, especially yes. a bigger NASCAR team, the people back at the shop, it's hundreds of people. And, um, uh, I just, I just love that you have brought that to the forefront kind of, and made it like, you know, everybody's important. And, yes. and even though you haven't really experienced it a hundred percent, like you probably would like to, you get it. You really do <laughs> get it. I think more so than maybe a lot of other people. And I love that about what you said. Oh, thank you. I I've had also had, um, you know, the, the very, uh, privilege of visiting Hendrick Motorsports and Joe Gibbs Racing and getting to just tour the race shops and how, I mean, there's so much activity. It's constant. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when they're the airbrush machine, the torch, you know, for the decals that go on the cars, there's so many things that just I found fascinating. When I got to visit Joe Gibbs Racing, I didn't know every track has its own trophy. Oh. And that was something that I just blew my mind. And I, I, they were very, very nice to me and let me touch some of the trophies. And, um, you know, this one's from Daytona, this one's from New Hampshire, this one's from Texas, this one's from, um, you know, Charlotte, this one's from Martinsville. Um, and so that was something that you know, didn't click with me before um, because 
nobody really ever describes what the trophy looks mm-hmm. like. Um, you know, they may say they get a lobster or they get a cowboy hat or they get a six shooter or they right. get a guitar or right. they get a grandfather clock. And so being able to, you know, really kind of touch and, and realize that, oh, there's different trophies for every track. That's mm-hmm. so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really neat. And then, you know, just seeing, I mean, that they were having pit practice and then the pit crews were working out in, you know, this, this, the big weight room and, you know, just listening to all of that going on and, and thinking about how, you know, all of that is what they do during the week to prepare for the, you know, the Saturday and Sunday events and Mm -hmm. just how much preparation goes into it and, and how much, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard work. Um, you know, they're all pulling long hours and um, trying to, you know, make the teams the best that they can be. And it's, I just, I can't say enough just how I, I find value in every aspect of, of the sport. Yeah. And, and, you know, so my friend Liz is a tire specialist for one of the race teams and she's a little tiny thing and I always give her a hard time because uh, she lifts those tires like they're nothing you know and oh I love it I learned so when I first met her and I learned so much from her about you know like she took me through the hauler and showed me things that I never thought about you know um how they bring the second car and and the wraps that are on it and all those different things And I learned so much behind the scenes from her. And I think just being able to go to the race shop or being able to be in the garage during that rain delay probably taught you so much that you wouldn't have never had the chance to learn firsthand, especially, and and really get a grasp of what really it does take to put those teams on the track. And, and I, I just admire what, what you're doing and the people that are helping you experience that because I just think that's that's such a gift that they're giving you. It it absolutely is. I I will never forget that rain delay at Martinsville in in 2014. It was, you know, everybody else was complaining about the rain, and I'm like, I'm having the best time ever. I'm getting to you know experience all these things and really get a a better understanding in a way that makes sense to me of you know, how my favorite sport operates and what goes on to make everything happen the way it happens and to bring that final product to the racetrack where, you know, which is then described um, so vividly by Mm -hmm. Motor Racing Network and Performance Racing Network. Yeah. So Colby, what's on your wish list? What do you still want to do when it comes to experiencing NASCAR? Oh, um, I would love to sing the national anthem for any racetrack that would have me okay. <laughs> for, for any, um, for any, you know, any race, any event, any NASCAR event. Um, I would love to meet Brett Griffin and TJ Majors and Freddie Kraft because I am a huge fan of door bumper Bull clear. clear. And, me yes, too. Yes. Oh and my I, gosh. Yes. I, I think I laugh out are, loud at those yes, guys. Aren't I they just a hoot? 
Yes, I always, and I appreciate, you know, when they break things down and put things into, you know, again, you're not seeing it because it's on a podcast. So they have to be descriptive. Mm -hmm. And that makes all the difference in the world for me a lot of the time. And I I think the spotter is very, sometimes very underappreciated. Oh, yeah. And I think that they you know, in, in some ways I would equate them to, you know, almost, almost like a guide dog for the driver. They're seeing what the driver can't and they're helping the driver navigate. And I've, you know, had the pleasure of of speaking with Mr. Earl Barbin uh, a couple of times. And I got to, you know, express to him that I just, I think the spotter has one of the neatest jobs in NASCAR. And I was amazed. So my favorite place at a racetrack is the pits because, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't need to see what's going on, but I love just being, you know, in the action and the chaos that's going on. And, and I always tell people if the race is going on and you're going to move me, if I need to move for whatever reason, just tap me and then, you know, I'll grab, grab me and then we can go, but you've got to give me some warning because I always, you know, if cars are on track, I usually have a headset on, um, right. and I'm listening to what might be going on unless it's, you know, just practice or something like that. Um, but I got to go on the roof at Martinsville, um, I think back in 20, 2018, and that was a whole new experience. And the the way that things sound from the roof versus in the pits is so different. I can't even really describe how different it is, but it's just, it's a whole different perspective. And I very much just enjoyed, I mean, I stood up there for probably hour and a half just listening and it was it sounded so different and pit stops just sounded so different and it was very very neat to experience that you know the perspective from the roof um but yes I would love to meet uh Mm -hmm. anyone from door bumper clear I love their podcast I listen every week um I think Casey Boat is amazing and you know I'm all about the girl power um (laughs) Um, she puts up with a lot from those guys. She does. She does. Yeah. Her and, and, and then of course, you know, Hannah Newhouse and Kim Kuhn with MRN yeah. um, and then, you know, Wendy Venturini with PRN. And I just, I love when, you know, I, I love the, love the girl power aspect. And then Claire of course is just, you know, the, I mean, hardest working woman in NASCAR, no questions. Um, I just love how you know, she just gets in there and, um, you know, gets, gets whatever audio she can. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I very vividly remember when, um, I think it was Jeff Gordon and Brad Kozlowski got into it several years ago and Claire was there with her microphone and you could just hear everything that was happening. If you were, you know, paying attention and really listening. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I, I remember that and, um, just, I, I don't know what my other I'm trying to think what what some of my other you know biggest wishes would be. Um, I I would love to, you know, if if there were ever a way 
to work for a team, uh, NASCAR team, be it in public relations or um, in, you know, the media center somehow, that would be another really cool, um, you know, experience uh, or just something to, to do to promote um, NASCAR, maybe from a different perspective. I last year contacted their the, the accessibility department at NASCAR because I wanted to have access to the scanner feature in the NASCAR app. And for a person who is blind, we typically, if you're on an iPhone, you will use the built-in screen reading software that converts the, the text on the screen into speech. So it speaks the text on the screen. And so in the NASCAR app, the scanner feature wasn't accessible because none of the buttons were labeled for people who use screen readers. And I wrote to the accessibility department at NASCAR and I said, I am a fan, I mean, huge, avid fan you know, very obsessed with the sport, unashamedly so, will always be, uh, get made fun of it, you know, fun of all the time because of it, because people say, why do you like watching cars turn left? And I said, have you ever listened on the radio? Have you ever been to the track and experienced a race? Right. Because it is so much more than cars turning left and going around right. in circles. <laughs> exactly. So, but I- I, I, I always say, that. I always say, if you can just get them to one race, Yes. And especially, you know, for me, that's my goal is to get more women involved and in coming to the races. We know that if we can get them there one time, they're going to come back. They're hooked. Yes. And so oh, I, you're right. I, I was absolutely that way. Um, but I, I wrote to NASCAR and expressed, you know, my, my interest in, in helping them make the app, the scanner feature of the app accessible. And a lot of the times, if there's something that isn't accessible for me, I will write to the company or call them or just try to make them aware, you know, hey, I'm out here. I'd like to be able to use your product, your app, your service, what have you, your software, um, but I can't, you know, can we work on it? And 90, I'd say 90% of the time you don't get a response or if you get a response, it's very generic. Um, and so I sent my email off. I was very detailed. I told them, you know, what needed to be fixed and here's how you do it. Here's some resources from Apple. And I was shocked the next app update when I, and they didn't really mention anything about it in the update notes, but I downloaded the NASCAR app and I thought, let me, you know, just look and see if anything's changed. And it was accessible. And I unashamedly admit I teared up and went, oh my gosh they actually listened and now I can use the scanner feature and you know listen when I'm not at the racetrack um having a, a a racing electronics scanner and a headset for me is absolutely essential when I'm at the track and it paints so much more of a full and enriched um mental concept of what's occurring for me because when you know when there's a wreck or a caution and they say who the two drivers or six drivers or however many drivers were involved I can click over on that scanner if I'm at the track and now if even if I'm not and listen to everyone's different perspectives and it right. just makes the story so much richer mm -hmm. it does so. and and <laughs> you can hear one one driver's opinion and you can hear another driver's opinion <laughs> yes. and so so, you know, and that, and every driver that's in the wreck has a different opinion usually. So that's, that's a good, that's a good thing. But the fact that they did change, you know, and updated it in that, um, just, you know, give yourself a lot of credit for that because 
I'll bet nobody had ever brought that to their attention. And they probably had never thought about that that needed to be on there. And you took the time to write to them. And, and then there it is. And so good for you. I'm going to, I'm going to clap. <laughs> Thank that, you. That's, that's awesome. A lot of people would just be like, oh, well, it's not going to work and not do oh, no, it. I'm an, an advocate by nature. And now if we could just get them to make the fan council surveys accessible, that would be lovely because I want to be on the fan council and I can't because the surveys that they currently mm -hmm. are sending out um, are not accessible and I can't fill them out, you know, right. using my assistive technology. And so um, yeah. I just, I would love to, you know, to help NASCAR in any way I can with sharing my perspective with them and, um, you know, just getting more people with disabilities involved. Um, I know, um, you know, for in the American Council of the Blind, for example, we had our national conference and convention in July and I was, you know, hosting a, a Zoom room and people would come in and out and we could talk about, you know, whatever. And NASCAR came up. Well, of course, you know, I lit up like a Christmas tree <laughs> and got very excited and very animated and found out that there are a lot of blind people who do listen and who follow the sport. Now, certainly maybe not as avidly as I do, but it, you know, it is an interest that's out there. And I, I just, I would love to, you know, help in any way that I can with making this sport more accessible for people who, mm -hmm. who can't see. Yeah. Colby, you're an amazing young woman. You just, I, I knew that from listening to you on the other podcast, which I also listen to all the time. And yes. know, between Door Bumper Clear and Dale Jr., those are the yes. two I never miss. And then I also and, yes. like, I like stacking pennies with, with Corey LaJoy and I like yes. I mean, it's a ton of them that I try to listen to. And I just, sometimes I just laugh out loud and my husband will be like, what are you listening to? And I'll be like, I'm listening <laughs> to Door Bumper Clear. And, and, you know, last night they were, you know, was it, um, TJ got fired and hired. And, and so, yes. yeah, it was, it was interesting, but, um, I love all three of those guys. And the fact that they got called to the NASCAR holler just blew me away. But I was like, you know what? They, they say how it is. And that's what yes. I love about it. They tell yes. it how it is. And so, you know, if NASCAR doesn't like it, then maybe they should be looking at the conversation. But I love that they, they actually got called to the holler. I would have not thought that happened. But anyway. Right. Yeah. I just love their, you know, they, they have a perspective and they're willing to share that perspective. Mm -hmm. And that's just, it's fascinating. Um, just hearing, you know, what goes on behind the scenes and, and how, you know, what's something going on behind the scenes can, can influence um, you know, the things that the public sees um, right. and just all of that. And I, I just, again, I just, I think NASCAR is such a fascinating sport and mm -hmm. I, I would, would love to, you know, be connected with, with anyone who, yeah. um, you know, would, would have me to help in any way with just, you know, let me share my perspective. Let, right. you know, let's try and, you know, make this sport more accessible to, to mm -hmm. people with, you know, who are disabled or who have, you know, differing um, abilities or, yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I do look at NASCAR, they are trying to be more diverse and more inclusive. And so this is just part of it. 
You know, yes. we have fans that are probably deaf or they're blind or they have different other challenges. And, and you know, if you're not involved daily and it's not you, you don't necessarily think about it or about what those right. challenges might be. Whereas, you know, I think you could be such a big benefit to them to share like, hey, here's an issue. Maybe there's a way we can, you know, make yeah, it can, better. Can for, we fix this? Yeah, can we, make yeah. The, can we make the survey, the fan council surveys accessible so your blind fans can participate too? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, that'll be the next thing they'll fix. I guarantee <laughs> I would love I guarantee that. it. Yeah. So you're a hockey fan. Again, a complex sport. Lots yes. of sounds. Yes. Lots of things that you can hear. So that makes sense that you would like hockey. And then what was the other thing? NASCAR hockey and bluegrass. I oh, am, bluegrass. I, I yes. sing. I'm a singer. Um, I've been singing since I was very, very little and um, just, yeah, fell in love with the genre several years ago and have, um, you know, several friends who, who like it as well. And um, just love, uh, just, mm -hmm. yeah, love, love bluegrass and, and country yeah. music or are my, uh, you know, that's, that's what I go for. It's, right. I love when you said you listen to NASCAR radio on the highway because those are my two favorites. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they they are. They're it's it's never on anything else. It's one or one or the other, depending on the time of day sometimes. And and yep. that. So and then I do also if I'm traveling and I'm happen to be driving, I do listen to some books on Audible. But most, very cool. Mostly I listen to those two stations on Sirius XM because. I, in fact, I just, we just got a different car and I had to buy a new receiver and I, told oh. my husband, he needs to get that in there so that when I'm driving, I don't have to listen to it on my phone. I can yes. actually have it in the car. Have it in so, the car. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I get it. It is definitely uh, it's an essential it for is. me for sure. Yeah. Well, Colby, what, what have I not asked you about that you'd like to share that would be of interest to my listeners? Um, gosh, I'm trying to think. I, I think, um, you know, obviously I love the focus of, of your podcast, you know, bringing attention to um, women, more women being involved in the sport. And, um, you know, I, I think just go after, you know, that dream any way you can. Um, you know, I don't know if anything would ever happen for me to be able to work in some capacity in NASCAR, but I would jump at the chance. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, people say, well, what if it requires a lot of travel? And I'm like, have guide dog, we'll travel. I've done right. Atlanta's airport by myself. Like, come on, yeah. <laughs> let's just, you know, you, I just, you have to embrace it. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, do my best every day to just embrace life. And just because I may not be able to see does not mean that my life is any less full or any less um, enriched than someone who can see. And, right. you know, I just never, it, my lack of sight will never stop me from, mm -hmm. you know, enjoying the things that I enjoy and doing the things that I do. And I may do things differently or experience things differently, but, um, you know, my, experience and, and anyone, you know, who, who has differences or challenges, our experiences are just as valid yeah. as 
you know, those of you who, who are, you know, what you would describe as quote unquote normal, um, which I, I'm, I'm not a fan of that phrase, but I, I was just going to say, Colby, I don't think there is any, anyone, I don't know what the definition of normal would be, you know, really, yes. I mean, everybody has their stuff as yes. my sister would say, you know, nobody's life is perfect. Um, nobody is a hundred percent great at everything. And so normal is a, a term that I think is it's thrown, relative. It is. And it's thrown around and it's, it really doesn't have a meaning because I don't know who that person is. If, <laughs> if I'm not, if I'm not, if I'm normal, then that makes my husband not normal. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I don't know. I, I'm with you. I don't like that term, but I do think that the, the people that love NASCAR, they do have a lot of things in common, but they also, they're so diverse. They come from all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of economic backgrounds, all kinds of occupations. They're yes. young, they're old, they're new, new to the sport. They're old to the sport. There's so many things. And um, the thing I love the most about what I do and and NASCAR is the family, is the NASCAR family. And yes. you know, you're part of my family now. I feel like we, we I love have, it. we've become buddies today. And, yes. and you know, um, when things happen, good, bad, or whatever, it's the NASCAR family that steps up first and is there. And so Absolutely. that's my favorite part of being involved in motorsports. But um, I, just, I just love that I had the chance to listen to you on the other podcast and that I reached out and was able to find you and connect with you and, and have you on here today, because I just truly believe that some of the things that you've said today will give other people that have some challenges, no matter what they are and say, you know what, if she can do it, if she can enjoy life and if she can find love in a sport that is a very visual sport, <laughs> and, yes. and she can enjoy it and and picture in her mind what's going on then what am I who am I to complain right and so um I love I love what you've had to say today any anything thank else you. that you'd like to share um I know just thank you so much for for having me on I I love that you know you let me share my perspective and um you know, if any, anyone hears this and would like to reach out, I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. You can definitely find me um, on Facebook and, uh, you know, hey, tell, us other... how, tell us how to find you. Uh, so it's just, you could just find me by my name. It's Colby and that's spelled K-O-L-B-Y mm -hmm. and then Garrison, G-A-R-R-I-S-O-N. Okay. So, and then I'm also on Twitter. Um, I think my Twitter handle there is Colby Songbird, just because okay. of the whole <laughs> okay. singing experience. So right. yeah, I would love to love to talk to any other any fellow NASCAR fans. Um, it's one of my favorite subjects, and uh, yeah, I'm just hoping that you know when we go to Martinsville in October, um, I think we'll be there for the truck race and the Xfinity race that Saturday. That um, you know, River will do well. And yeah. I, I know, you know, I know how to introduce her to the sport and how to introduce her to wearing her earmuffs. And so uh, that'll be her kind of final, you know, okay, I said, I needed you to be able to, hand to handle NASCAR. Can you yeah. do it? <laughs> Their final test. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For sure. 
Well, Colby, I appreciate your time today. I really appreciate the insight that you've given, not only to me, but I know that many others about our sport and, and the love that you have for it and, and the things that I'm going to listen for even more closely now when I go to the track. Oh, yeah, I love it. And, and I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make it up to the roof one of these days and listen from up there. Um, I had a chance a couple times ago, but it was so dang hot that it was just like, I just knew I wouldn't, no, I couldn't do it. So uh, (laughs) I will, I will at some point get up on the road. Yeah. It's, I, I just, you know, again, NASCAR is, it's such a complex sport is it's so just, it's amazing. I I love it. I always will, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I will be a lifelong fan and I just, I have such an appreciation for it. So for anyone who is listening, who is involved in NASCAR in any capacity, thank you. Thank you for what you do to bring the sport to life for all of us out here who, who are fans. Oh, that's a sweet, sweet message. And you know what, Colby, we will see each other at a track one day. I know. Yes. Um, I hope so. I would my love next, it. My next race was going to be Bristol, but um, I was supposed to have an event there with um, the gal at Bristol. We were going to host a, an event for women. And because of the COVID outbreak everywhere, they won't let us do it this year. Uh, so in 2022, um, hopefully we will be able to go back and do all the events that we were supposed to do last year and this year. And, and, yeah. and um I, I would love for you to be one of our guests at one of our events. And so we will work on that for next year. How's that? Oh my gosh. I would love that. I, okay. Bristol is a track that I have not been to and I've always wanted to go. Okay. To, well, so. I've not been there either. So maybe that should be our bucket list item. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm very curious. You know, they, they say that, that it sounds so different and that it's so loud because of its shape. And I just, I would love to be able to be Mm -hmm. in that bowl and just listen and hear, you know, how does it sound so different? Right. What does it sound like? (laughs) What does it, you know, what does it feel like? Um, So, yeah, we'll work, we'll work on that for 2022. And in the meantime, I want you to stay in touch with me and um, yes, you as well. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll get some plans made for next year. How's that? That sounds absolutely wonderful. All right. Well, Colby, you take care. And it was so good talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Follow us on Facebook at International Women's Motorsports Association or on Instagram and Twitter at the IWMA Nation. And if you know someone that should be on our show, drop us an email at IWMANation at gmail.com.